I, I feel like I'm with Brian. I'm with Brian all the time anyway. Like I'm just, <laughs> in spirit, I've, I've never been I've never been apart from Brian. Oh, dude! <laughs> I was telling the guys the the first time. I don't know if you remember, but the first time we met, I uh, in Texas. It just happened in Texas, man. And it happened on a whim because we that was the the third Kaboo that we had played. Really? And yeah, and we had become really good friends uh, with the with the Victor, who's the main guy who did um, all the mm. you know meet and greets and everything, and. We were coming off a sound check, and he just walked by. He's like, hey, guys, I got the Avett brothers back there if you want to come say what's up. And I, I, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go say what's up to him. Sure. You know, try to play a cool musician at a festival. But I walked back, man, and I, uh, you know, I think I told you this at the time, but in, in 2014, I was in Nashville, and I went through a really, really bad breakup. And I ended up... Um, you know, stopped drinking and using drugs for four years after that breakup. And during that time, your music played an integral part with me, one, just crying a shitload, but two, just finding, you know, a, a happy medium between that, like, that absolute heartbreak and, you know, coming to, to accept myself and love myself. And, and it played a big role. So oh, to have that moment where I was able to, to just say what's up to you and, and, and then to have you a fucking month later shoot an email saying that, that you remembered that, man. It was, uh, to me, I, you know, it's, there's the, the big superstars in the world that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to meet them. But, but to, to meet someone who you know, writes music that really plays to my soul. And then when I met you, it was, you guys have this energy about you and this light that it's nothing like I've really experienced before. And, and I, uh, you know, for a while I had this, like I idolized you and now it's like, man, like this, we've become friends and I, I just love you, man. And I see, I, I haven't even known you that long, but your heart shines. Mm so brightly and the conversations we've had we've had some crazy conversations about death and all that stuff and we'll get into that but man i'm just i'm just so grateful for to have you in my life and and the music that you've made for for us as fans is has been incredible dude brian that's so sweet uh, <laughs> it's so sweet man i appreciate it it means the world to me i i'll never forget meeting you in the band and thinking uh first like okay these guys snuck into this this, uh, this I, love that. I love that and i was like all right i'm not sure and <laughs> there wasn't uh there wasn't a cynical bone in your body you know there wasn't a cynical bit to it there was no irony it was all just like sincerity and i was like that's the only thing that drove me like to, to well who are those guys who is that guy who are those guys What's up? And then when I was watching um, the Blueprint video that that night, or whenever I just checked it out, I said, "Well, who are they? Like, what do they, what do they do?" And I felt the same thing. You know, I just felt no, you know, no cynicism, sincerity. There was a, uh, there is a, whether you know it or not. You know, you don't know it when you do it. You think you're doing something that's, you know, you're trying to be as hip as you can be all the time, right? We're all oh, trying to be yeah. as hip as we can be. I'm trying right now. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, and when we fall short of that, and I don't mean you ever fall short, what we do is I, I think 
you just are elevated to uh, showing your true self, man. Like you're doing the best you can, and that's all you see. You don't see whether whether it's perfection or not. And what I saw was just like, man, here's somebody just bearing themselves, you know, bearing them their yeah. soul through music. Uh, the video was it got a lot of thought it was incredible. I loved it, and uh, <laughs> it really. I mean, you know, and it, it was like the, the things you say about the music. They're so nice, man. I mean, I, I agree with you. It's uh, the music is sort of like a. Uh, a doorway in but the real the real connection is is us is the people that that's it you yeah. know the music is just well we'll we are all i say it too that song i, I was in tears i was listening to something this week and i was back and forth from like you know this face like oh just like into tears and then back to okay <laughs> and like oh god like i was like i'm a mess man and i thought is this the <laughs> song or is this me is this just my connection to that person like would that same melody make me cry? I don't know. Is it just me? And uh, there's nothing wrong with it being just me. And the, the song it doesn't take away from the song, but uh, the connection is just is I don't know when when we when I peek into that and get a glimpse of that, uh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to know you, Brian. Same thing. And I'm just grateful to to have you as a friend and uh, watch you doing what you're doing. And it gets exciting, man. I mean, there's no telling. There's no telling. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah, man. that, man. Yeah, Seriously. Man. I, I, before we get into it deeply. Let's roll into the intro real quick. You want me to hit the, yeah, hit the intro real quick and then. And then yeah, yeah, we, already, we can clip this all and edit this all, so yeah. it's not a big deal. We'll put that in, but hit the intro real quick and then, and then, and yeah. then yeah, so jump in. All right. All right. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Scott. Cheers. Scott. Cheers. Thanks for being here with yes. us, brother. We appreciate it, man. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Lobster and Beer. I'm your host, Brian Thompson. Today's guest is one of my all-time favorite artists. His songs not only helped me through a really tough time in my life, but they have also been the soundtrack to some of my favorite road trips and moments spent with family and friends. His band, the Avid Brothers, have been nominated for three Grammys, but what I love about him is the accolades don't matter at all. His pure heart shines through his music and exceptionally beautiful visual art. So, this one's very special for me. Ladies and gentlemen, Coming to us live from his hometown of Concord, North Carolina, with a lobster and a beer, Scott Avery! Let's go, baby. Scott! Yeah. Let's go, baby! Lobster and a beer, Concord, North yes, Carolina. <laughs> hey, this is a long way from, uh, the, the lobster is a long way from the uh, fish camps. You know what a fish camp is, Brian? No, what is it? You ever heard camp? of a fish camp? No. <laughs> when we were growing up, there were houses like out in the in the rural parts in the counties around us. Uh, there'd be like a house near a lake and it'd be converted into a restaurant a lot of times and sometimes just straight up commercial restaurants. But since we're so far from any seafood, you just fry everything. Yeah, Everything's fried. There's no grilled, boiled, like, you know, you couldn't really put a lot. Of, you had to intentionally not put too much care in it so you wouldn't taste the, 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 the lack of freshness. So fish camps were something we grew up to grew up with it was like all about that fried shrimp and tartar sauce that was it you know that was it Ooh. and it was okay. and it was incredible the ones that did it the ones yeah. that do it right i mean it is incredible but this is next level you know when you get in the main lobster it's next level you know it's, it's well so if we're rolling through concord then you know where is the where is the spot to stop you know to grab a bite tea where was your you know your favorite spot growing up and stuff i know it's a little smaller town and stuff where, yeah. where would you recommend where would you like to go yeah well i have to say like a, a lot of those places have gone by the wayside you know there was one in concord called the stowaway it's gone 
but they always had like like names like that you know captain galley and like all the stuff and uh those are all gone uh we have great friends around here now but if you have that, that have restaurants if you come to concord you have to go to gianni's it's a proper uh brooklyn um native run italian restaurant that they do a great job and it doesn't really it's not really even about the genre of the food it's like you go in there and you're taken care of and you love kind of goes back to what i was saying yeah. about it, it's incredible that's a great spot i'll have to give gianni's a, a shout out and then there's a a family with the last name. Gianni's. <laughs> Gianni's. I mean, come on. I mean, it came straight down from Brooklyn and then just said, okay, these guys are yeah. <laughs> restaurant. We're going to do it right. Then we're going to open a pizza place. And it's, you know, there's no, there's no uh, competition with that. But yeah, man, it's uh Concord's a small town and, and uh, the culinary were like Mexican restaurants. There's some really killer Mexican restaurants. You know, that that's obvious, like in this, in this uh, part of the country. Um, but it, it never was like, you know, New Orleans or or, uh, or uh, Memphis. It wasn't known for its culinary uh, outings, except barbecue in, in this part of the country is massive. But again, I feel like then you got some real good, you know, that's where you find the real good home cooking. You know, some of the people that can really mm-hmm. cook it up at home. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the term. stuff too. You guys are getting fresh. Yeah, you know the term meat and three. You heard that term? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's... Yeah. I lived in Nashville for a while. That was big. So Charlotte's same thing. You know, meat and three, like we would, yeah, that was, you get the special and it's Salisbury steak and green beans and succotash and mashed potatoes. And the ones that do that really well, and if, if you know how to fry chicken, if you can fry chicken <laughs> well, then you're going to win, you know. And, you know, that Nashville, you know the deal, like that that Nashville oh, yeah. hot chicken. But oh, there's that's huge there. By the way, now that we're speaking of food, yeah, I'm let's, gonna, let's, I'm gonna let's dive, into, dive this. into this. Let's try the basil. Yeah, so your hot sauce. Your special ingredient was the the basil with the Valentino's hot Valentino's sauce. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yes, it's sir. it's really great. It's in, it's uh, working. Is that fresh basil from from your garden? So I, well, I thought about the basil because I bought a plant at the actually at the grocery store. I did have a garden over the over the summer with it, but. Uh, my youngest son, Luke, is crazy about just plowing through basil leaves. So there's meaning there behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's this basil plant in front of our sink that it, it wilts and dies. We water it, it comes back. So this is basil from that, that plant that just, we can't quite, we can't, we can't let it go. It just hasn't yeah. died yet. So Luke just, he, he eats basil? Just Devoured freely? basil. Really? That kid is going to be a strong yeah. kid. Let me tell you, you, that is like Popeye spinach. I got to feel like. Yeah. Oh man. How do you how do you convince your kid to eat basil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, Matt, Matt, this morning. I'm oh, sorry. Let's go. Well, how did you eat when growing up? Did you eat well for your mom? Or yeah, did... my. Yeah, I had you know I had the the my mom's from South Boston, and so every dinner I had my vegetables, and it was like Brian. You can't leave the table unless you finish your vegetables. And it was like, I, so I got used to it and I fell in love with it. But it's funny because this morning, uh, Matt, our producer, is in the background here. I woke up and the first thing I did was make a big salad at like 10 a.m. Yeah. And he, he comes downstairs to make coffee and he's like, are you what? eating salad right now for breakfast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt like I needed it. You know, it's like, <laughs> it depends on what you ate last night, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah man yeah that was for us growing up our, our mom we never made more than we need we didn't we never ate seconds and she would not allow any uh 
col- colorful cereal, like no no food dye cereal. It was like I mean, it was a very Amish style eating. Mm-hmm. I would have a buddy come over and be like, "Can I stay to eat?" You know, I had, my closest neighbor was about a mile away, and he'd say, uh, "He was used to if I went over to his house, they'd have a mountain of mashed potatoes and green beans and." and uh whatever chicken or whatever and they keep feeding me make me get seconds and thirds and i was just like i don't know what to do with this he'd come over my mom be like i don't know if he can stay i only have five servings <laughs> it's like oh wow <laughs> you know i'd love for him to stay but i don't have the food we've got five servings five people and he would go home you know we just we just oh, didn't wow. have you know they didn't it was not more than you need you know it was never excess which never was yeah there's really something to be said about that too especially in the day and age that we live in right now yeah, and again too it goes into your mental psyche too to be able to control that and not overdo anything like that and yeah. so i feel like that you know mm-hmm. although it's it's not that great when you're young mm-hmm. you know you, looking back on it you're like wow that actually really did make a difference in my life it did man it really did and i went crazy yeah. you know when i got older you know when i got my opportunity to go crazy and eat fruit loops every day you know every morning and a burger every you know i did but it didn't last that long like that that um foundation that she helped build was was key man yeah can i just comment to the valentina hot sauce on yeah this, this? is great it really is yeah. man you, i had no idea you, with the basil you oh the, yeah the scott avid lobster roll coming soon i mean tell you it. this one really it. goes together Hello. yeah it did it does have a great the the hot sauce with i mean obviously we have butter on it and we yeah, have the, the right. getting right. lobster right. Stew. yeah oh yeah you yeah okay so i think i think i think he's loving his more because he added like half a stick of butter more listen really listen, listen listen i really do there is never too much there's butter. never enough butter with never. the lobster roll oh. at all it's incredible it goes man. And it, it pairs well. This is actually my first time having the the Finder IPA. Me too. And it it pairs well. It mm. tastes it tastes good with it. It is a great IPA. There's no doubt about it. Are you an IPA guy? I am. I've had a lot of them, and I don't do well with um. Mm, some of the hoppy, like when they, you know, too hoppy and too bitter. I used to just dig into it, you know, but yeah. Now the ones that can really dial in that um get it just smooth enough the and the new england is the is the way to go you know like i've I've been impressed with some of them and charlotte has a great brewing i mean new england's new england so you can (laughs) it is what it is (laughs) but shipyard is uh i've had another one from shipyard that i really loved i can't remember what it was now i think like the blueberry or no no, we're gonna have to send you that one because I think honestly, I think you of all people would really like that. It has got the freshest blueberry smell and stuff really? to it. This guy, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think well, we're gonna send you some because you're gonna have to try that for sure. Please, please. Yeah, we got you. We had it last night with our 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 last interview, and um, needless to say, we drank enough for me to wake up and feel like I needed to eat a, a salad. Salad, yeah. <laughs> 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 Big connect. What's up, guys? As always, thank you for listening, and I promise we'll get back to the episode right away, but I want to let you know about something special we're doing. Here at LMB, mental health is very important to us, so we've collaborated with today's guest to create a custom t-shirt based around subjects that we've talked about in this episode and other important topics in their lives. If you go to our website, lobsterandbeer.com, you can purchase the t-shirt, and 100% of the profits this month will go to a mental health organization. Now, Back to the episode. Yeah. Well, dude, I had a question that I wanted to ask before we even dove into things, all the intro and everything. Uh, 
And it's a very serious question, and we've been talking about it in the studio, and we've been excited for this interview. Um, are you still nervous, and do you wake up in the middle of the night sometimes about Seth being kidnapped? <laughs> Dude, I'm from that generation where we had the milk cartons, okay? <laughs> I mean, you understand that. I mean, so that was the thing, man. Yeah, I am. But you know what? I don't know if you read this. There was a night in New York City, and probably I bet this was 2006 or seven. And I still had that that chip. Like I was like this to Seth. I mean, I was just kind of like, man, hey, where are you going? No, no, no. You know, I I have. A, I'm gonna tell you, I have a problem with that. Um, whenever I'm off balance. I start trying to to tell people what to do. It's really, you know, yep. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And um oh, yeah. I, I see it now and I try to keep it in check because it's it's me. <laughs> it's me. I come in and tell people, why is this a mess? And you have to do this, go to that. And it's like, wait a second, you need to. So I know, you know, it's me. So, but being an older brother and and really caring, really being, you know, <laughs> yeah, worried about him being kidnapped. <laughs> and it's like in New York, he was like, he was gonna go out. And you know, it was like midnight or one, and he's like getting the night started. <laughs> and I was like, dude, we're all staying in this place. Just stick with us. Like, don't, yeah. don't, you know, I was just kind of concerned. We're leaving in the morning, next gig, next town. And he was like, Scott, he basically was like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> he was like, I'm going out. And you don't, you don't, you don't own me. And I, it was at this moment that he was like, let me know we're, we're peers. We're, I'm not little brother, you know, yeah. we're partners. Yeah. And that's a lateral uh, uh, point of view. That ain't, that ain't, you know, and sometimes you're going to have to look up to me just like I look up, have looked up to you and will, but you're going to have to look at, you know, and I was like, all right. Oh, yeah. And he showed back up the next day, <laughs> you know, he stayed up all night, but he was on point. We got it when we did. We got it <laughs> it's always going to be proved room. wrong, but again, you'll never lose that. You'll never, I, there's still always no. that little part of you with a little brother. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, mean, my, I love my, 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 I mean, I have two older brothers and one, one's in Sweden, but the other one lives part-time in LA, close to me. And then he's in, he's in Boston as well. And still to this day, and the, he's how, what's the age difference between you and Seth? Four years. Four years. Okay, so he's ten years older than me. God. And still to this day, I get the lectures. If we're hanging out, if we're in Miami together, and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go meet some friends. He'll sit me down and be like, you don't, you don't need to go out, man. You're fine. And I'm like, hey, I'm a grown man, JT. I know. <laughs> I, I can. I can exist. It's very similar to that. I'm like, I can, yeah, yeah. Cheers to JT, my oh, other brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, man. And cheers I to know. Seth as well. Yeah. Well, look, 10 years, let's say five, six, seven years more, and he's old enough to be, you know, he could have fathered you. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> so that perspective is pretty, it's pretty crazy. But that, regardless, you're right, man. You're right. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, as an older sibling, those those uh, and I was a middle kid, too. You know, my, our sister's older uh, than I am. So I was in the middle. So I think there's some birth order stuff that goes on with all of us. Are you the youngest of the group? I'm the youngest. Yeah, by far. Some some would say I'm a mistake. And the fact that I just <laughs> said that on camera, my mom is going to kill me. I'm sorry, yeah. mom. 
Uh, but I've made that because my, my second brother, he's eight years older than me, Scotty. And JT's 10 years. I'm a middle of those, so I know exactly how you're feeling. Scott. Wow, man. I was, wow, I was man. in that same boat as you. Yeah, yeah. And you project it on your own when you have a middle. You're like, my, my kids are the exact spread and the exact, uh, all the same uh, uh, gender that we were. So I've got an oldest daughter and then a middle boy and a younger boy. And it's, it's, it's interesting seeing that uh, literally on the land we grew up on. Yeah, like so yeah. there's there's it's a, a really something beautiful about that there's a surreal yeah. vibe about it you know i mean and the pandemic has changed like that's been really weird like really digging in and being here because i'm used to being gone that's part of my game and they understand that and they and my, like i think that that's good for fatherhood but it's been a different vibe for sure yeah i can i was gonna ask you about that because i mean i've seen videos of you guys playing b-ball do you have a like a little basketball hoop yeah yeah, at yeah. The house? yeah man yeah of course yeah so you guys who's who's better you or Seth? Uh, man, I gotta say, basketball and ping pong, Seth consistently outperforms me. <laughs> um, however, I, I, the I was gonna say, I can uh, cheers to that. Cheers, cheers to the honesty. I'm gonna contradict you, however, <laughs> I truly believe that on any given day, I can beat anyone on the basketball court or the ping pong table, okay, <laughs> at any given day. Woo. Okay. Period. Okay. No doubt, man. I mean, but I'm all right. So I feel, I feel the same way. My older brother, he can, he can, he can play very well. Yeah. But the last two times we played, he'll and he's gonna hate the fact that I'm saying this as well because last time we played, he was kind of drunk, and I kicked his ass. I beat him by like eleven. And basketball? I, I've kind of in basketball. He was yeah. Drunk playing made, basketball. Oh yeah, I've made a vow now that I probably won't play him ever again, <laughs> yeah. just so I can keep the W above Not him because he hates it. Family, family outings and everything. I bring it up, but uh, I I think that the fact that you're that confident in playing b ball that we need to have a challenge right now in the future that you and I play one on one because I think I got you, man. I would love it. I would love it. Look, we <laughs> and we play for lobster fun. and beer. Winner winner takes all, right there. Yeah. See, that's different. Like, how tall are you, Brian? I'm a. Uh, uh, He's a, he's a short man. He's a short man. <laughs> don't don't let this man lie. We're, see, this is gonna be like this is gonna be like a mirror. We're gonna be like, uh, except I'm the, the older version. So you're gonna have a little bit. I know you're gonna have a little bit of a. But you know, there's 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 this. And I'll probably I'll try to use some of what you said, like uh, your admiration for the band. I like to use that against you somehow. Like, <laughs> genius, <laughs> genius. You're gonna be like, hey, you want to come to a show in the future? No way. <laughs> What he'll do, he'll know that if he's like, oh, let's go grab a beer before we play. <laughs> and he's just going to buy me a bunch yeah. of drinks before right. we play. He's going to be he's gonna be drinking water. He's going to be like, oh, it's a vodka soda. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you played, you played soccer, though, too, as well, right? Mm-hmm. Growing up? Yeah. And so was do you better soccer or better basketball? Because, again, I know that's not big here, but I'm a big soccer guy as Are well. You? So yeah. I can really appreciate that. Yeah, man. That was my thing. That was – I was um... – I was going to, I mean, I didn't, I didn't ever really apply myself IQ wise, but I still somehow weaseled my way into a, a scholarship at a school down in Alabama called mm-hmm. the Uni- University of Montevallo. It was a small, uh, I don't guess, I don't know if it was private or what, but um, I went down and tried out, got, a, got uh, accepted on the team and they were, there was a scholarship and 
but it was i mean it wasn't it wasn't like going to like you know unlv or something like it, it it uh i ended up not doing it because i wanted to stay in north carolina because of a girl but i was thinking you know wait so it was a girl that stopped you from going to play i told soccer. the coach i said i want to be in bands when i go to college i want to be in bands and i think north carolina has a better scene like chapel hill raleigh I was wanting to just be there. And he said, Scott, yeah. Alabama has an incredible scene. We're 30 minutes from Birmingham. And he was right. There was an incredible scene. But oh, I was yeah. like, I was lying. I was, Muscle Shoals. Yeah. Down there. Yeah. The, oh, the yeah. real, the real reason was I didn't want to leave this girl, which I was going to be four <laughs> hours away from her anyway. And we didn't even make it through the summer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of anyway. course. I mean, that was it. It was the end of the, the high school sweetheart thing. The whole thing fell apart. And then I went to school, <laughs> to art school and just like, I played soccer throughout like intramural and all that and loved soccer, but uh uh I didn't really yeah, I didn't I that would have been a mistake to play soccer, like try to go for it, you know, like go to college. Yeah. I wasn't what position did you play? Uh mid or striker. So Same. center mid or striker. It was uh man, yeah, I love yeah, that it. that's the big dog right there, star of the show, as <laughs> as on. would make sense with you guys <laughs> scoring the that goals. That was the point. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I actually very similar. I uh Played high school soccer, got recruited to colleges, really? and my thing was I thought hip hop music would take up all my time. Yeah, and I ended up just going to college for a year and partying. And it was <laughs> there was no music, there was uh, no soccer. It was yeah. Yeah. Do you so, follow any? Do you watch anything now, or do you have time for anything like that now? So now I'm getting to coach my boys. Oh, so no look, man. Really? I mean, I, I was like, now it's kind of like when I'm looking at our tour and schedule. I'm going, how do I? I mean, it that that shit is unreal that is like that's amazing oh my god you see it and and now my iq i mean i've been playing fifa since 1998 okay oh we're oh, <laughs> another, another challenge Hold on a second. <laughs> y'all gonna laugh i mean i know y'all must be big fifa guys we had in our conversion van when we were touring we had a tube television with a, a playstation underneath it yes we rigged yes and we were like just like I mean, in nineteen one, two thousand two. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love when it. I was when I was touring, when I was playing club soccer in high school, Man. back in two thousand four, two thousand five, we exactly had the same thing. We had like probably like a a ten inch TV in the back of my dad's car while he was driving us, you know, from Boston to New York or Rhode Island for yeah. a tournament. And me and my friend, who was the it was the he was the we were both captains of the team. We would just sit back there and play FIFA. Dude, nonstop. don't you think yeah. the IQ, like I tell the kids, I mean, these kids are nine, eight and nine right now, but I'm like, if yeah. you can start playing FIFA, your IQ for the game, it's incredible. Tenfold. No Absolutely. Doubt. Well, so, so what kind of coach, what kind of coach are you on the sideline? Are you, are you, get, are you yelling a little bit? Are you getting into it? I mean, you have to yell because those kids can't yeah. hear, you know, they're, those kids are like, ah. but they're right at the cusp. Y'all know that amoeba soccer. You know that that moment yep. where they stop playing amoeba so soccer and you start oh, yeah. understanding yeah. how to you spread, spread the out. field. Two touch passing, yeah. moving off the ball. Yep. Dude, they do it at eight and nine. And so you're looking no at way. it. Like, oh man, this is exciting. And I didn't have growing up, we were all told, hey, this is gonna be the biggest sport in, in the South. It's already the biggest sport in the world, but it's coming. And it just never really it wasn't fast as it as we expected it to be. But now these kids, man, I see them and their their IQ is good. And mm -hmm. and their bravery. They don't know. Like I saw a kid in the last game. God bless him, playing goalie. Eight years old. This is last. Um, uh, was it fall? Or let's see. Where are we right now? Yeah, it was fall. 
Man, I saw him take a ball to the nose. I mean, this kid, yeah. literally eight years old, and I mean, his face was covered in blood, blood everywhere. <laughs> I'm just thinking, well, that bra- that courage that these kids have every time something like that happens, either I don't know if it elevates it or if they go, man, I, I'm not. I don't know about this. What do you know? I was I was yeah. going for it before, but no, you can get hurt for sure. But their courage is so high. Like, they don't back down, And does that have to to play something with you on, again, like, when you see that again and you're going on stage, does that that do something for you extra that you never had? 100%. 100%, man. Yeah. But but hold on. You mean watching those kids do it, or is it just something you're talking about just that lives with you? No, watching those kids do it, and then you're like, wow, I didn't, again, like, seeing it firsthand, all the young, like, these young kids with the courage that they have, and it's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a big thing this always came into mind is like, you can't be a performer if you get embarrassed easily and constantly, right? You, you eventually yeah. get embarrassed, embarrassment proof because you realize if I'm going to fall, me getting up is the show. Yeah. That's the show. Absolutely. Me forgetting a lyric and how I handle it. That's the show. Absolutely. You know, I am that's, so, what, that's what the fans love. That's what I love. I'm I, yeah. To, I mean, look, I saw Prince. We were on a festival. Prince was closing the night out. And oh. uh, this was in, uh, in uh, was it Switzerland or Sweden? But, I mean, watching him, I was like, there's like this perfect balance. It's more perfection than anything. He was, he was probably so perfect that I was kind of like, you know, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> but I will say there was enough edge. But what I'm saying is he's the, the best at being, he was the best at being just perfect. But he got it yeah. honest. He didn't. He didn't do it not taking chances. Like he did it honest. He didn't yeah. perfect something and then go. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do from now on. I mean, he was up there laying it down. And uh, yeah. but for me, I mean, I think for us, it's like when we mess up and 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 keep going. That's that's God. I mean, I'm so grateful for those mess ups because how we handle those, that's the show. Once again, just to say it. I, um. Yeah, that really says something about life right there. You know, it's again, it's like everybody always wants those high moments. They don't realize mm-hmm. that there are so many mess ups and things that you run into on the way to to that greatness and stuff. And people never think about those things. But again, those things, once you finally get to where you want to be, those are the things you really remember oh, yeah. responding yeah. to. Those. Yeah. And that's those kids. Yeah. That's those kids going at each other. Those kids are doing it without it's they haven't broken in yet to where they're scared now to do it. And mm-hmm. I wish I wish that they wouldn't, but we all know yeah. how it goes, man. We all know how, you know, that's well, it. It's that, it's that, yeah, it's that overthinking sometimes too, where it's, I remember when I first, you know, got into music and I started playing my first shows, I, I planned the whole show out in my head, mm-hmm. what I would do, how the crowd would react and what, and then you get up on stage and none of that happens. None of it. And and that's the beauty of it, though. And I think that that translates to to, to life and the, the kids playing soccer and, and everything else we do. Well, Brian, what's, what's up with your band? What's up with the band? Is the band still a thing? Is, is Stealing Ocean still a thing? Yeah, Stealing Ocean's still still rolling. Um, got got a couple singles in the works, been, been making a lot of music. And it's obviously been, you know, really weird over the past year with not being on the road, which I'm sure you can relate to, mm-hmm. which I was used to for a long time. But that... You know, the silver lining with everything that happened was that allowed me to, because I was, so to rewind for a second, I got caught up in 
being on the road seven, eight months out of the year. And, you know, I was booking the shows, you know, managing the band, putting everything together. And I never really had time to, to really be creative and sink into the studio and, and make music and, and, and just feel like I was home. You know, I miss my dog so much in the yeah. past the past six months to be able to have my dog next to me every morning sure. when I wake up has been sure. such a blessing. But then that, you know, further from that, just to, to be able to, to sit at home and, and, and feel like almost like a normal lifestyle where I wake up, I do my laundry and I'm, I'm in the same place. I have my local coffee shop and sink into that and then be able to, to really make music and dive into the studio. And so it's been, it's been, it was really hard at first. I struggled a lot because a lot of the, the work I've done has been interacting with people, playing shows and a lot of mental health, you know, work with, you know, kids and mental health organizations. And to have that gone and at first during, you know, lockdown, I felt this, this sadness and this depression that I had no idea where it was coming from. And then I realized it was because I wasn't out, you know, meeting people and hanging out with people. And and once I was able to, you know, realize that was the source of those, those feelings and accept that and let it go. And then just kind of sink into the creative world. It's, it's been, it's been amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're blessed. You you know, we're, we're blessed to be faced with that. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not good. All the things that have happened with COVID, all the people that we've lost and, uh, you know, it's just so much hardship. Uh, yeah. But we're blessed to be given a glimpse of what the value of it is. And I think, I, mean, I, I know there's going to be a land rush for people wanting to, to tour again, but I also think on the flip side, I think people will be going into it with that normalcy you're talking about going, yeah, I want to tour again, but I, if I have any sense at all, I'm going to take this meaning with me and do it in a way that is healthy and know that yeah. if I am getting some of this normalcy, quote unquote normalcy, whatever that means, but some of that that I need, I'm just going to be doing better shows for people. You know? Yeah. Cause that's the thing I think you get, and I'm sure you can relate to this is you get caught up in, like you said earlier, like the fact that you've been home with your kids more than ever. And, but you get caught up in that life where even I'm sure your kids got used to the fact that dad's not going to be home a lot of the time and so we're going to make the best of these moments but then you start to revert back to that home life and having that experience and now realizing one how important that home life is but two how much being on the road and those experiences meant to you and now you can start to to compartmentalize both of those and realize you know okay i'm going to be all here for this and when i get home i'm going to be all here for this and you kind of miss both simultaneously 100 percent yeah, 100%. For sure. Well, so and so what what has quarantine though looked like so far in the Avid and what what have you guys been doing? What have you been doing? What have you been filling your time with? Obviously the kids, I'm sure, but yeah. Take us take us into what it's been looking like cuz it's been hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it has. Well, like right at the beginning, uh there was a mad rush to try to uh like maybe address that meaning and try to turn it into something. So there was a lot of doing and that came out kind of musically and lyrically at first. And then I, you know, looking down on it 
or looking over at it, I should say, it started to look a little unsightly to me where it was like, this is really just the little me that's scrambling, trying to figure out how do I deal with this? And it must mean that I'm supposed to do this and do this and do this and do this. And, uh, um, which it, it, it made some interesting things, some things that I'm excited to develop, but I got to say, I turned my back on it at, at one point, especially early about a year ago, well, a little over a year ago, probably April or May. I just said, I have, I have been put on sabbatical here. You know, I've been, I've been, I needed that anyway. And yeah, you're just kind of doing it because you think, oh, I need to make the best out of this time. And so I started slowing everything down. I just slowed everything down. And then naturally things started producing themselves, you know, in a better way. Uh, yeah. But slower. And um, so, I mean, I did a lot more visual work. There's a lot more visual work. We we rebuilt a barn that was out here. Um, we, uh, I had to really work on self-discipline as far as how I work. Uh, we all do, you know, figuring out am I wake up at this time? What am I going to do with this time? Kids help with that a little bit, but they still, there's still blocks where you can just meld into this, you know, this jello of, of, uh, of foam, whatever. You just don't, I don't know, just this is haze. Um, so trying to stay out of that, you know, and try to stay in the real world. And I'd find that I, when I was in the real world, there was really not a whole lot of use for the phone. It was like, everything I'm doing and getting caught up in, it's all right here, you know, and I'd still have to go do some things in town and uh, the world is happening right in front of me, you know? So a lot of that realization uh, has occurred over this past year. I'm definitely like, I needed the year for sure. I knew a year was coming that I'd need to step away from the road, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about getting back out and playing for people seth and bob that's what i was gonna ask yeah Yeah. i am now man we were together yesterday doing a little video and we hadn't seen each other since new year's and i mean i played a banjo since new year's i've just been doing trying to wrap up some visual stuff and um it just felt so good man it felt so good to play music with people and uh so we we're yeah we got some more time i don't think i i think touring will probably happen in the second half of this year yeah. Uh, that's that's my bet, you know. But we'll yeah. see. Um, so but look, we have we're on too. a farm here, you know. Like your your question, we have a farm here, and we made a mess of it. We didn't we don't succeed necessarily at farming very well, <laughs> uh, but we do try to be good stewards of the land, and because we have it, we're like that's our obligation, man. If you're blessed to have some property, you got it. You got to work it, and uh, that's you know. So we try to do that as well. Has that has that land been in your family for a long time? Part of it. Did you part of it? Yeah, yeah, part of it. There's 15 acres of it that has, and then we've we've added to it. But it's families that have been here for a long time, so it's sort of it's yeah, it's it's dear and it's it's local and it's um, it's real. Man, I'm really sentimental about it. You know, if I stayed here forever, great. If even if I left, I don't. I could not imagine like just selling this and developing it or something like that. I just couldn't imagine. It's just so precious. Yeah, yeah, it's near and dear to your heart at this point. It's really sacred, for sure. It feels yeah. that way. And knowing, you know, you again, you being just one, you guys being such amazing songwriters. Do you have anything in the pipeline, quarantine related? You know, and I know it's so sad. We this was a big thing in your guys' documentary. I know that was kind of talked about at the end and stuff. And it was, you know, 
your writing is so meaningful and about your lives and stuff and you pour so much into that and stuff and it's weird for people to congratulate you and be, get excited about songs coming down the pipeline because sometimes they are really difficult things but i gotta ask again do we have anything cooking up from this quarantine yeah yeah absolutely tons tons of things like there's we had an album ready to go we had it demoed we were going to be in malibu a year in march last year recording working with rick yeah working with rick we're still working with rick and uh you know this just shot that all to hell and um we've been sitting on those then we put the gleam out and the gleam took a lot of energy you know we really promoted it a lot even with the pandemic so we're still sitting on that album's worth of demos and we've got um there's been a lot of stuff that's, that's come up since then and uh yeah yeah, there's a ton. There's there's a lot of a lot of ideas. There's no shortage of ideas. There's, there never is. It's really how do we follow through with them, Brian? You you know how that is. Like it's absolutely they're coming all the time, and it's it's one thing. You know, Judd Apatow told me that man. I had this idea once, and it was relevant to share it with him. And he told me straight up. I, he gave me he, so much grace. He was like, listen to me go on and on for like ten <laughs> minutes on the phone. And I was like, and this and this and this. And his the <laughs> only thing he had to tell me on the whole phone conversation was like. Scott, ideas are dime a dozen. Go write yeah. it. Go finish yeah. it. And I was like, okay, why didn't you just tell me that before I went through? I mean, he literally let me just spew for 10 minutes. I was like, oh, man. You know, and that thing's still in the works. But, uh, yeah. man, you yeah, know. I, I, have a, I have a question. Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, um, no. Speaking of the, the, the documentary yeah. with Judd Apatow, there was a moment when you guys finished, you were at Rick Rubin's studio, and you finished recording uh, Hard Feelings. Yeah. And there was that moment where, it was so funny, man, to me, because you almost kind of like strong-armed Rick. He came in, and he was so excited about the recording, and you are like, I'm good, Rick. I need to walk away right now <laughs> and, and have, that, have this moment, because... What's kill it, but, but what was beautiful about it and what came from it, which has been, it's, it's, I've, we've been talking about it a lot and it's been resting on my mind. You walked away and you had that conversation with Seth sitting outside and you basically were like, I, I, I don't really like the fact that people are coming up to me right now and saying, congratulations, you hit it out of the park. Because what led to you guys writing and performing that song was life pain hurt what is that what like talking about this now like what does that mean to you today well to to what i see i saw really um you know i had to watch that i had screened that in uh theaters with people (laughs) like in austin and in durham and we we did screenings of it all over the place and then we do talks about it and uh, so i got to see it from an outsider looking in and that would have been 2015 when that was filmed or 2014 and uh 14 yeah 14 um you know that was a really and i don't mean it's not to be uh to be putting myself down or anything it was just a little me i i feel like i was a negative uh i was really a negative um force there's a there's a there's a tendency to celebrate it as humility and i didn't see it that way at all i saw it as um you really like now the me now who got who got i mean i'm so thankful to be able to experience that watch that with people hear how people feel about it see my see this version of myself which i would say 
in, from my psychotherapy uh, experiences that, <laughs> that that's the little me. That was the little yeah. me. The big me would say, thank you. When someone would say, congrats, man, great work, I would say, thank you so much. That's it. That's the end of it. Yeah. And it was like this, this tortured little guy that was really making it all about him. And I don't mean to be hard on myself. You know, it's okay. Of course he does. You know, he but has you should, First of all, you shouldn't be because, again, like, it, 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 there's something so honest and beautiful about For sure. Again, it's just it is so true and stuff. So it's uh, that really, again, that really resonated with us 100%. specifically, you know. And it's because it, that is a real thing. It's your life, and you're just spewing it out in front of all these people. And and so, like I said, it, it there there is something truly honorable about that. And like well, I said, that's again what separates you guys from everybody else. I feel like nowadays is again you you're not afraid to really again show that emotion it's not being little or anything well being being in being in the hip-hop world too it's like we finish a song and we're like yes we (laughs) we just we just did this this sounds amazing and to see you have that moment where you 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 finish this beautiful piece and you step back and you're like I need to breathe. I need yeah, to yeah. think about this. And yeah, I, yeah. I can't even have people coming up to me and t- like that to me is the purest form of art. Well, you feel You're that way. Making... You felt that way before. Like, I mean, you must yes. have, right? Like, um, absolutely. Yeah. And those are yeah. the best moments. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't beat myself over it. I beat myself up over it. Uh, I'm with you. I was out of control. Like not, not in a wild way. I'm not saying, but I had no control of that feeling. Yeah. So that's what, that's what all I can do is trust that that is what people respond to. And you can't be in charge of that. You can't control that. So you mm-hmm. have to just live life. And we're going right back to the kids in soccer and their courage. It's like, well, the only way you can uh, exemplify it or, or uh, be an example is to get out there and get with it. Get your yeah. hands dirty and you're going to find your problems, uh, but you're going to be out of control. My favorite, man, I got this memory of a show, and this is my favorite favorite way to play a show. We were on our way to this Mexican restaurant that we would set up in the side and play for three hours. They were paying us like $500 a night, which was incredible. <laughs> and uh, we had a flat tire. There was a lot of melted snow around. We made it there an hour late, but we still had plenty of time to play the show. We were covered in tight, like wheel grease, mud, we were a mess. We <laughs> rolled in there, rolled out everything and played the show without a bit of like knowing that how awesome it was. Just the point was, we got to get this thing done. We got to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when I look back on that, I was like that lack of control <laughs> and just that will to do it. That's an incredible, yeah. show, you know, and so out of control when people can witness that. Well, before the, before the documentary came out and before we saw the final edits, as I sat down to watch it for the first time with nobody else, just Seth and I and the and the director in a little theater here in town, I was just going, man, I hope that that scene's not in it. That's all I could think. Of. <laughs> I hope that scene's not in it because that's going to be embarrassing. Because I was I was not, you know, I had no control of my what I was going to say, you know. So yeah, it was you're right, but, yeah, but that's that's the beauty of it. And yeah, I understand yeah. from your perspective how you wouldn't want you know you're like you're ashamed of that. But again, viewing it from a an outside perspective, it was just such a beautiful yeah. real moment. I understood, again, man. Like, that really attached us to what you guys do with your music. I get it, man. I get it. 
Well, how was it too working with Judd though, and and stuff? Did you and before working with him, did you, you did you have a favorite movie of his? How did that kind of come about? Man, with Judd, well, that came about because of Rick. Rick was the one that went to Judd and was like, "Man, I think you should you should consider doing a movie with these guys." And Judd was at a place where he wanted to do something that was just fun. He, I think, he'd been really busting his ass and trying to make funny movies, and he uh, he just wanted to do something that was going to be a labor of love. And so he's such a music fan. Uh, we just did it. I had a phone co- conversation with him right out here, and uh, we just talked about it briefly and uh it was just it was really natural but that's how rick you know that's how rick does nothing's formal oh yeah it's all like intuition natural what's next is next and you just do it organic uh, it was great and i mean it was a it was a i mean there was so much footage from that like i i can't imagine they could make two other documentaries with it um but (laughs) but judd was really cool he he foot a lot of the bill and everything so oh wow yeah, he did was. You, did you did you like? Do you have a favorite Judd movie though? Out of all, because I know yeah. he's been big in my life with. Oh yeah, know, his absolutely. Stuff, he's made some yeah. classics. Do you have a favorite? You know, like Step Brothers well, or just... Pineapple Express or something. Yeah, love. Did he do Pineapple Express? He did do Pineapple Express. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> almost anything Seth Rogen. Yep, yep. He did Pineapple Express. He did. He's done Pineapple Express, Forty Year Old Virgin, Knocked Up, all of those. That's yeah, Judd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always I, the Forty Year Old Virgin was good, but. Um, this is 40, I think, is the one that always, that always pops up for me. I loved it. <laughs> loved it, man. I loved it. But, I mean, yeah, Joe's brilliant, man. I didn't know he did Pineapple Express. Yep. That's a wild movie. Oh, it's so good. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> What's up, guys? If you like what you're hearing today and want to dive deeper into the lobster and beer world with us, Head over to our website, lobsterandbeer.com, to join our Patreon. You will gain access to exclusive video content, monthly giveaways, incredible discount codes from Get Main Lobster, opportunities to join us on air with our guests, and so much more. But that's not all. This season, one lucky member of our Patreon family will win a trip for two to come hang out with us in Phoenix. Flights and hotel included, courtesy of the homies at Get Main Lobster. We'll bring you out to some of our favorite breweries in town, and of course, eat some lobster rolls together so don't miss out on this opportunity head over to lobsterandbeer.com to join our patreon today and now back to the episode i remember i went to uh the boarding school actually our, so our producer over here matt we went to boarding school together he now manages me and now we're, we're doing this together as well but we went to boarding school together and he was a freshman i was a senior we were roommates and my best friend so i did an extra year at boarding school. So it was ended up being five years of high school. And my senior year, because it was my fifth year, I had already finished all my credits. And I had this spring semester where I realized I could do anything. And I got kicked off the lacrosse team, which was a dream because I did not like lacrosse at all. Okay. But we had to play, we had to play sports at boarding school. Wow. wow. And I hated it because it was like, it was around, yeah, I just shouldn't even get into it. Oh it my was, God. I just... I didn't like the culture, all of it. It was you didn't not like, like the bro soccer. culture. Come on, yeah. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. It wasn't in my heart at all. And uh, so I was able to to put together this uh, senior project that I presented to my teachers, and it was basically like, "Hey, I'm gonna put together this music tour and travel around to all the different boarding schools in New England." 
And at the time, at the boarding school, my best friend was, uh, and still is, is uh, Dylan McDonald, his father, Michael McDonald. And uh-huh, okay. so at the time, you know, we got to collaborate on a couple songs, whatever. Mike and I became really good friends. Dylan, to this day, is still one of my best friends. And while I was at the school, the reason why I think about this is because um, Mike, 40-year-old virgin, was coming out that year. And Mike called Dylan in the dorm, and he's like, Hey man, he's like, do you think I do you do you think I should like agree to this? Like they're just like like give me a sum of money just to like say yes to like my video being in the video. <laughs> yeah. like, do you remember? Yeah. They go, they go, if I hear that Yamo be their video one more time, I'm a Yamo burn this place down. <laughs> in 40 year old. It was so good. Uh, man, you just reminded me about uh the King of Staten Island though, like you know. Yes. Oh, I mean, oh. come on. Like that, like, so, just man. sort of opened his heart in a lot of ways. Like over over the years, he's coming. He's becoming sort Absolutely. of a, 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 a well, I don't know. He's a sage, mm-hmm. somewhat of some of some sort. It's interesting. Yeah, he he really is. I have a question. So going back then to, in was it two thousand six? The first gleam or gleam came out. The first. That sounds right. Yeah, it was oh six and oh eight. Yeah. Yeah, and you said um, in the song "Sanguine" mm-hmm. or "Sang Sanguine" is that the, the right pronunciation? Yeah, you. you uh, that sounds right. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll roll with that. We'll roll with that. What the hell do I is, it, is it Avid or is it? Uh, yeah. None of us know. Depends on where you are. Is it Conquer? Yeah. Or All I gotta say is quickly on that though. You had a response to that real quick, where you said, "You know what? Again, like people are gonna say what they say." Yeah, and you really don't have a feeling about it and stuff. All I have to say is I can appreciate that mm-hmm. because with the name Alex Schlegelmilch, oh, God. you know that, that was my last name. People, people, people. It was Alex, and then it was you know fill in the blank with any you know. And you're oh yeah, you're it, exactly. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah. I'm me. It doesn't uh, matter. What the you amount call of times it. I, the amount of times I've been called brain. It's, oh, yeah, it's well. part of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you called me brain ten minutes That's ago. That's a fucking typo though. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, but in that on that album on the the song Sanguine, uh, one of the lyrics which has always hit me really hard. You said, "Kill the doubt that strangles my self worth." Sure. To paint to paint the picture that I swore I heard. What is that like? That was fifteen years ago now. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I mean, it sounds like. Uh, I mean, I definitely would write, would write that today. There's no doubt. Yeah. You know. Uh, well, that that certainly, you know, that's not a knowing uh, a kid writing that 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 knows what he's saying, but it's an aspiration. But I think the truth of it is, is the oneness of things. Uh, I, I think that's what um, a lot of these sort of uh, paradoxical lyrics reflect. Um, to be able to hear a painting or to be able to see a song is, to me, reflective of of the oneness of all things. Period. Yeah. Um, and and a little nod to the fact that reality, and I mean this with all sincerity, is so not what everybody thinks reality is. Like we're so far away from it, man. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The the mystery oh, yeah. of what reality is is what is driving me. And and whether people know it or not, it's probably driving them all. But to be accepting of that mystery and to be a uh, 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 I don't know. I guess just at least uh, in I, I, accepting is, is the is the 
a fine word for it. Um, and so now darkness has a new meaning for me. Darkness is ne- it's it's not negative anymore. Darkness and shadow and um, into that that uh, that unknown. I just I just think the older we get, we have we have nowhere to turn, and we realize this is uh this is where we're headed into the unknown, and that's got to be okay. It's got to be okay. You and I are talking about the death thing, like that. Yeah, that's why I couldn't help but send that thing, that death is beauty thing, because Rick sent me that that uh, that beauty essay or whatever that is from that guy. Yeah, yeah it was book, it's yeah. incredible, and because um, him and I have been talking a lot about beauty these days, and. I've been thinking a lot about beauty uh, because it's such a weird term in the world of art. It's really weird in music too. Like, to, like what is beauty? What is like, uh, and and then you think about all the definitions of beauty from people. And um, but I do. I am a true believer that uh, we all need to try to make things beautiful. I mean, if it's if it's drying the dishes off well, you know, if it's, yeah. if it's just taking your time to. I don't know if it's mowing the yard, if it's if it's vacuuming the the floor. You know, we just do our best and, and take our time, and that's oneness. Uh, sorry to go off on that with the sanguine thing. It's it's, but I can't help but go to the oneness and the the whole mystical element to it all because yeah. that was happening when we didn't know. We we did, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote that stuff. I don't know what I was responding to, but um, I can look at it now and go, well, God, I know exactly. It, it's all it's all in line. For sure. Yeah. And I felt the connection and I, I, I'm curious if there even was, you know, deliberateness behind it, but from the first gleam to the third gleam and the lead single off the third gleam victory, mm. you know, the, that, that song in almost response to sanguine. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think it about, felt, I didn't think it about felt it. Like 15 years later, you were pondering the same thoughts yeah. from 15 years of experience and you know the the stories of courage clouded up with fear mm. from that moment it was it, it hit me man i i'll be honest i cried i'm i it it was just the beauty of songwriting and and you just said where do we use that word and to me it was it was over 20 years for you guys of of just writing what you felt in the moment straight from your heart, not for any sorts of, cause you even say in, in victory accolades and happy days, you know, that, that that's not really well, they don't last. about for you. They don't last. They don't last. No, they don't. They don't. Hmm. No, and no, you're, you're right, man. I hadn't thought about that. And can we go, John, to, so I know your grandfather, who was a minister, and I know, again, you know, I feel like you guys really hold him in high regard just from seeing, you know, his quotes and stuff around and different yeah. things. Um, I, I, what is it, so can you share your thoughts about, you know, he had talked about, you or you had talked about him um, saying that he shared, you know, his heart and soul, no matter if anybody wanted to hear it or not you know whether yeah. anybody's shit. he shared his truth again he was himself he said what he thought because whether people want to hear it or not he, you know he thought it was good do you think that has played a big part in what you guys have done you know in your music and songwriting and the honesty and sharing your true story yeah and, and to speak to that like our dad carrying that down from him 
our dad would encourage us not to take religion too seriously. I mean, his dad was a minister and he was always telling us, hey, yo, look, don't don't get too fired up about this stuff. Don't get all bent out of shape and let it come between you and and love. You know, when religion and spirituality, well, spirituality can't become you become or excuse me, can't get between you and love. Religion, I think, could. Um, and it shouldn't. Religion should actually be in, in harmony with it. Uh, so my dad would always be like, hey, look, let's let's don't take this too seriously. Yes, it's a it's a good um, it's a good anchor. And we're going to we're going to go to church, but we're going to leave after Sunday school and go get lunch. That's right. <laughs> and we're not going to go to the sermon. We're going to go to Sunday school and then we're going to go to the cafeteria. But um, uh, which was great. Uh, but my grandfather must have instilled in my dad a confidence that he passed down to us. And that confidence was was about like his his key. His key phrase was whatever you do, you're going to be great at it if you are a guard if you pick up garbage for cabarrus county north carolina you're going to be great at it and something about it's going to be amazing i mean could you imagine a, a a garbage man that could speak to you about things that matter in your heart that what what greater honor could there be yeah. a sir a, someone that serves and also care like so that was sort of how that in hindsight i realized that's what he was saying to me it's like, yeah. whatever it is. Well, you're destined to be a writer if you think about things like that constantly because you got to write it down. And if you do it long yeah. enough, I feel like somebody will hear it. You know, and, and we and just again, never really doubt missing. it. Yeah, that, that's really missing from this this day and age, I feel like. Again, is the, again the respect of listening to everybody's story, no matter if you're a oh. trash worker or if, oh. you're, or if you're Scott, you know, on stage. It does, it, it does, it, everybody has their story. They do, man. And, and the, the people that are, you know, true kings are servants, period. True kings yeah. are servants. They know that serving another human being is the honor that we are blessed with. And so when you start looking at, let's say, just to, just to play ball here, at being a rock star, if you can look at being a rock star as serving people, the whole Absolutely. meaning and the whole game changes. Now it's 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 a trap. It can be a trap. You know what I'm saying? Like self-righteousness can be a trap. So oh, yeah. you don't you don't go long. You don't go there. You don't stay there, is what I'm saying. But you can yeah. say, you know what? This ain't no big deal. Uh it's just a serve, it's a service job. It's got me yeah. working late hours and it's got me stepping out and doing sometimes things I don't want to do. But I'm not here for me. I'm here for and with them. And then all of a sudden, all the serve that comes back, all the serving that comes back to me, I get my feel for sure, you know. Yeah. But it's a service job. It, it, it and we always, we never got, we never got, uh, we never found success so fast that we forgot that. You know, ours yeah. is a nice, ours has been a nice trajectory that it's been like we've always remembered, and it's been a nice, careful, thoughtful uh, trajectory that uh, has kept that right there in the forefront. It's been good, man. I, and now, you know, like you, you can understand, Brian, like growing up around people, um, you know, communities where, I mean, I don't care what you do. It's not, yeah. it's not better or worse than I, what I do. Neither I care one. about your heart. I care about your heart. And I love, man, oh, there's nothing like talking to the <laughs> welder that yes. helping me. Like yes. he's just like, he's just kick ass. I'm just looking at him going, man. Yeah. I want to be you. Yeah, I am dude. you. I am yeah. you. 
I love it. No, man. no, but the problem is when you're not as badass as they are. Though. I know. And I'm just like, ah, my dad was a welder. So I really, I have a, an admiration for it. But yeah, I'm like, man, I just, and then they're kind of like, man, back off. Like, I'm trying to do my work. Like, you know, you, you're a sensitive artist. Like, you know, they don't want to, but I'm like, hey, so what are you doing today? Like, like yo, yeah. it's good, man. It's good. Uh, I don't know, bro. Dude. I know, I know, I know. We only have a few minutes left. Um, one of the things I want to touch on real quick: your visual art, man, is beautiful. And thank you. One of the questions I had was, you know, how do you identify? You know, are you when when people ask, "What do you do?" Do you do you say, "I'm an artist. I'm 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 a musician. I'm a visual artist." You know, is there yeah? Is there a battle? for you there and then my follow-up question to that and i think you can answer it all together is that moment when you sit down to to create a song and that that mental headspace is it similar to when you sit down in front of a blank canvas and you create one of your pieces yeah um I saw, uh, what's his name? I saw Daniel Day-Lewis talking about something a couple of weeks ago and how he was saying that no matter what he would say, it would probably be reductive <laughs> to what what it is. You know, he would just flub it. And yeah, uh, it's silly to try to say. I, I don't, obviously they're connected because I live with both of them. Obviously they're connected and, and uh, can't be um, disconnected. They can't be separated. Uh, makes me want. It makes me want to take you in here to show you the piece I'm working on because it says something about. Can we? Yeah, you have to say you can, can say it, it? Yeah. if you're willing. Yeah, I am. I am because I, I. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What a page or a a space calls for. Like a lot of times, I don't know about you, Brian. When I'm in my car, and yeah. something starts happening. I mean, I'm over here with my my book. You know, this is, you know, I'm writing, you know, like people don't even worry about me texting while I'm driving. They need to worry about me writing while I'm driving. I'm like, <laughs> it's bad. But um, uh, that space and that that thing uh, that is somehow calling to you to do, to express, not to do so much, but to express, that's a such a mystery. And there's never been a one formula that I've ever taken to uh or taken taken on i would have to repeat a quote that uh robert rauschenberg said where he said uh if i knew how to do it why in the world would i want to do it you know and when it comes to songs yeah. every time i go oh, yeah. into one it's like it's not about like am i going to make a song am i going to make a painting it's kind of like there's a spark something's calling me to it and i don't know how to do it i have no clue i have no clue how to do yeah. it all i know is that uh I need to get in there and find out, you know? Um, yeah. So like so, something uh, or, uh, visual and music has, this is not going to be like a, a crazy breathtaking piece. It's not like that, but it's, uh, yeah. but it's big. And it's, if you know anything about like oh, a wow. legal pad here, that's huge. Oh, you know, when you have a legal pad. <laughs> oh, my, that oh, looks oh, my. That's a ring in the car. Oh, yeah, it's you huge. just set that up perfectly. <laughs> well, I've been working on it, you know. So, I mean, and it's just, 
It's just freehand legal pad with thick oil. That is incredible. Probably three years to dry. But are you going to write a song on it? I don't know. So what I was going to say is, do I put words on it or not? I don't know. I don't know. Does it? Does oh, it, I mean, when you yeah. sit in a room with a notebook like a, a piece like that, it does something to you. I mean, for people like us, you know, when you're looking at an upside down piece of notebook paper, you're like, "What? Am I supposed to do something with that?" Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Why the hell did I do create. it anyway? Oh, Why would goodness. I do that? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, but I mean, there's something, you know, that I would never think about legal pads or notebook pages if I wasn't a writer. And in the visual, like the visual world, it it does something to me, man. There's definitely a there's an emotion to a blank page. And yeah. as a, I mean, as a hip, as a rapper, as a poet, you know, a blank page oh, yeah. can do a lot. Sometimes. What did you start drawing? Like, you know, or at what age did you, or, you know, what, where did drawing and music kind of, you know, what, what came before what, you know, do they have, do you share similar feelings with both? Or are they separate for feelings? You know, do you feel one thing doing painting and one thing, you know, writing a song? Are they shared, you know? Yeah, we're really lucky in that. And I've said this before. It's not like, I mean, it does, it's weird to say it was like down on the farm. But we lived on a dirt road that they would not put cable on. And we did a lot of drawing. We did a lot of singing and, and songing. I mean, it was like, it was just part of life. Like, so I didn't ever yeah. think that it was something weird or something nobody else did. It was drawing. Look, church, like I was telling you about church, when we did go to church, one of the games we played every Sunday my dad would draw a picture of someone we saw across the congregation, like a cartoon. And we bust out laughing. My mom was like, guys, you got this wife. And he's like drawing, like, you know, the bald head of the guy in front of us and the long gray woman and just like exaggerating these things. And we just died laughing. But that was what drawing meant to us. You know, drawing yeah. is something that is an expression of life. It's a celebration of life. At the end of the day, yeah. Dad would play a song from Tom T. Hall on the guitar, you know, or we'd listen to a yeah. record, uh, uh, Charlie Daniels or Willie Nelson or something. And that's just what we did. So it was never, it wasn't like, oh, well, this is art and this is work and this, yeah. is, this is dinner time and this is playtime. Man, it was all one. It's all one thing. That If I was going to start like an art school, it'd be like, the first thing we're going to do is go plant our garden and then we're going to cook bread, like we're going to cook lunch or whatever. We need to talk about how does our creative uh, expression and output, how does it integrate in our life? Because it's so crazy yeah. to say, well, this is art, and this is fine art, and this is outsider art, and this is hip hop, and this is country. Uh, now, granted, you got to put them in record bins, so fair enough. And one has a beat, and well, the other one has a beat. I don't know. But my point is, is like, it's so integrated and so one. Yeah, absolutely. Man, absolutely. That, that's how we grew up. Drawing and music was just that's Same. part of life. I'm gonna FaceTime my dad right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am, because you just said like you just talked about your dad singing a song. Dad. Father, we're on set right now. We're with uh, We're live. We're live with Scott Avid. Hello, Father. He says, he says, hello, father. That's what I say. That's so funny. That's literally what I say to him all the time. Uh, Dad, I'll, sorry, we're going to skip all the subtleties. Can you sing us 
your favorite karaoke song that you love to sing? Yeah, but I have a lot of trouble doing without a microphone, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. I have trouble without a microphone. He needs something in his hand. Here, Dad. Here, Dad. I'm going to put this mic in front of the... Red roses, too. I'll see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. All right? Man, it's Louis Armstrong himself. You. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I love you, Dad. It's Louis himself. <laughs> Scott said he's Louis himself. <laughs> Have his people call my people. <laughs> Have his people call my people. <laughs> I love you, Dad. I'll call you after the episode. <laughs> Bye. That's great. Oh, man. It's great. I think uh, one thing we can agree on is family is the most important thing. That's- it's great, man. And I want to quickly draw back though too. I had one more follow up too with with when we were talking about your grandfather and your dad and stuff and and knowing that and stuff. How does that play a role with you raising your kids? I feel like again, and you being able to be so honest with the world itself. I feel like that is such a powerful thing in raising kids, and that was lost. You know, maybe when we were growing up and stuff that that the parents just weren't brutally honest always and yeah. sh- didn't share their actual feelings of the world. Yeah. You know, how has that played a role with you, you know, raising your children? Yeah, it, that's true. I think that is one of the benefits to our generation. Like we there's a, a little progression in it. Uh, one, to, to speak good about our parents generation, which we can dump on the baby boomers a lot. You know, there's a lot <laughs> to dump it that we can do. But some of the, the, the clear cut ways that life was presented to, to us as kids. I think doesn't hurt. Like I have, like to me, I I have a hard time telling someone something's good or bad. Personally, I look at somebody says, "Well, that's a bad drawing." I'm like, "What? What? Bad? And how? In what way? This is a bad meal. In what way? Like, and this is, you know, I'm a good person. Well, how are you good? (laughs) Are you really good? So I have, but for kids, I sometimes try to dumb things down. Like I was with my Luke this today. We were on a trail walk, and I was telling him, I purposely had to realize i gotta explain to him well that's bad that's a bad thing i don't actually yeah. believe that but i was like i got to speak in kids terms here so you know my dad was pretty pretty good at, at being clear-cut about things and, and saying uh that's right and that's wrong it gets so hazy when we get older and and uh, especially the more we want to love the harder it is to call something is wrong so that's tricky, but for kids, man, to speak to them, it's like, look, they're gonna have to hear that. That's not right. That's not right. Just, just trust that for now. You can deal with yeah. the more complex approach later. Um, I don't right. know if that answers the question, but there's something to that. Last call. All right, we're getting, we're getting kicked yeah. out. Yep, let's do but, it, man. I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go relieve my wife. Oh man. Well, dude, thank thank you for this. Um, last question. Before we go, if you had an autobiography written about your life, what would it be called today? Oh, man, I had this. I had this. I had this answer. Yeah, it's in the phone. Yeah, I think I've got it in my... uh, It's on the notepad. Yeah. That's a a serious... um, Take your time, like I said. Oh. 
All right. Or do you think the kids will see this? They might. No. No. They no. We'll put them. No, hold on. Okay. Can, can we get both? Can we get, can we get, can we no, it's not, it's not vulgar. It's not vulgar. Either. No, no, it's not like that. Uh, You know what it's like when you look into your voice memos for like, and you like uh, <laughs> reference a word and they're just like, oh shit, there's that idea. Oh, 2014. Yeah. Oh man. Um, man, it's a long story, but I had written down that my book and I just wrote the title was going to be Santa is real. This is Scotty. You're watching Lobster and Beer TV. Yes! Woo! Scott, you are the best.